good one, huh? That was fancy. Yeah. Fancy, man. Fancy. All right, we are live with Mike Sullivan, who is currently in the prevention detail. Michael, thanks for being on, man. Well, thank you for inviting me. Yeah, it's great to have you. And uh, I have to say, I mean, your record's pretty good, especially for August. What were you saying the other day? Three fires? and <laughs> Five fires last week, and none of them human caused. They're all lightning fires. Yeah. And today's a lightning fire, too, so. That's yeah, so sweet. We got one today. So, I mean, you're, you're preventing. You're I doing, am preventing, <laughs> you're yes. You're doing a pretty good job of it, too. <laughs> and then, so I guess we kind of talk about how you got here, so. You're just on detail here to the Bitterroot National Forest mm-hmm. from the Mark Twain? That's correct, yes. Yeah. Out of Missouri. Out of Missouri. On the Helitech model. On the Helitech. Right? Yep. One of the squaddies. Yeah. I, I don't know if you noticed, but I displayed your sticker. I saw that. It looks good. Yeah. It looks really good, man. I'm pumped to have it. Um, I'll send you some more when I get back. Yeah. That'd be nice. Because I'm trying to do maybe like a sticker <coughs> sticker wall here or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I got one from another buddy, and then mm-hmm. I got the Wildland Firefighter Foundation one. Usually I have it on display, but it's, it keeps falling over, so... It's on there for a minute, typically. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what, where's your fire experience start, I guess? It I started in northern, in Southern California. I got out of the, the military, the Navy, after five years, and then got hired by the BLM as a GS2 in Atlanta. So if you're familiar it's with... A like GS2? A, a GS2. Oh, man. Do they make those anymore? I uh, don't think so. Not for the Forest Service, I don't think. But then I did... Uh, so Atlanta's like south of Mammoth. Oh, is it? Oh, so it's still kind of northern then, if it's south yeah, of Mammoth, right? Yeah, it's kind of central California, and then yeah. <coughs> I did a half a season there, and I went to Joshua Tree National Park for Joshua two Tree? seasons. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's where people go to, like, find themselves, Oh, right? yeah, like rock climb. Yeah, find themselves rock climb, and then I went to, uh, what was I? Oh, Ravendale on a fire assignment, and I met one of the captains there, and he told me about the apprenticeship program, oh. and so I put in for that, and being a vet, I got in pretty easily, and then... Yeah. What year was that? That was oh four. I 04. started in January of oh four I started in the Forest Service. Yeah, that that's a good route because like I mean you remember back then, but that was when I just got out of high school and I knew some buddies in the Forest Service. It was really hard to get in the Forest oh Service yeah. back then. And it was really hard to get a perm because there just wasn't that many of them. And right. the apprenticeship was like the the only sure way mm-hmm. to get one. And I mean up until recently it's still still a good program, you know, you get yeah. out with a lot of classes and stuff, but it's not as critical as it no, was back right, then definitely yeah and for me uh i was in school and i didn't plan on doing career in fire so mm-hmm. like i remember a people a couple people suggesting the apprenticeship for me but i was like well yeah, i'm gonna see where this college thing goes <laughs> right yeah and uh i mean i'm glad i did i'm glad i got a degree and learned a lot of life skills and mm-hmm. stuff but um for career wise maybe the apprenticeship would have been a better route <laughs> yeah i don't know it depends on i guess yeah kind of it depends on what you want to i mean it gives you when I went through the apprenticeship program, you had to do all three. You had to do a year of fire, of hand crew, engine, and helicopter. Yeah. And now, when I recently, it's like two of the three. Oh, really? So you don't get like the full gambit experience. You can kind of pick what you want to do. And oh, yeah, because I remember. Know. Yeah, because that's how I remember it too. Is like it being you know three things, and then right. Um, <coughs> yeah, I guess. Um, I guess Rachel Berry was a. Uh, I think she's a propeller now. Oh, man, I got to catch up with her, but she was. She was the first apprenticeship that uh, our apprentice person that I talked to since I was uh, done smoke jumping. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I hadn't even paid attention to it. And then she was, I think, repelling, I want to say out of Price Valley or something. Repel program out of Price, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, sure. Down there know. in Idaho, I think. Whew. Yeah. Brains a little fog. I used to be better at this. You know, I used to have my, <laughs> my locations better. But, um, and she uh, she got offered a, a perm position there, perm mm-hmm. five, I think. And so she kind of transitioned out of the academy and, right. and uh, our apprenticeship and then took that position, which I think is super cool. Because then, yeah. 
you know, if you're doing, if you get on something you really enjoy and, and the people like you, I mean, it's a really good way to, to find yourself in a good spot. You yeah. Know? And that's really what you had to do if you, in order to not finish the, the apprenticeship program. You had to, you know, they called it lateraling out oh. of it. So you had to get like a five position. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause you're, you're a perm. Are you, are you a perm five when you're in the apprenticeship or is that like towards the end or? Um, I, I think you're basically a perm five when you get out. Well, when you graduate from the a program, you're a perm five. Oh, gotcha. So yeah, and then they kind of help get you set up somewhere, right? Yeah, you get a letter from the from the labor union saying, "Congratulations, you're now a journeyman or whatever." Oh. I don't know if they still do that or not, but back in the day, you did. That's kind of cool, man. So you got yeah. like a plaque on the wall or something. Yeah, I don't have. I mean, yeah, but I never you hung never, mine up. Uh, I don't. You never did. It's that's long gone. So yeah, I don't yeah. know. Oh, I know. I mean, I'm sure I could get it back if I really cared, but you know, 20 years passed. It's like, eh, yeah. Yeah. I know. It's like with all my certificates, like I remember kind of being pumped out of guard school and you got like your stack, right. you know, and yeah. uh, from all like, it's like that's 130 or whatever it is, you know, and all right. those different things. And, um, and I was like, oh, pumped about it. And then it, they went to the bottom of my locker at work and oh, stayed yeah. there for the next three years <laughs> <laughs> and got crumped. A few of them got crumpled up pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that used to kind of bite you in the butt back in the day because oh yeah folks would lose those certificates and then yeah they couldn't they wouldn't hold up on your master record right they they, they do an audit and yeah. they'd be like you didn't have it like where's your certificate well I, let me yeah let me find it and then you like make one yourself here you go <laughs> yeah I found it yeah exactly because <laughs> off your macro, master record it tells you it doesn't tell you the instructor but it tells you when you took the class and so you can just yeah. remake another one yeah. That's a good call. Make, make a really scrubbly, you know, signature. D- doctor signature yeah. on it. No one yeah. really knows. You're like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. I took it. Especially for some of the basic things. Like, well, I have my buddy because he, he ended up, I think he had his IC4 and his engine boss. And a few other ones that were like a little, you know, <coughs> further up the chain. Mm-hmm. And he took a year off and went and did something else. And then or a couple of years maybe. And then came back to the Forest Service and got a Perm 5. I think so I think he left as a 6 and had to come back as a 5. And then... Uh, because he was gone, it, all of his stuff got lost, so mm-hmm. he had to redo much stuff. And they're they're pretty lenient with him, though, and and they just like, you know, go do go do one, right? You know, you IC4, one four, yeah. yeah, or one Andrew Boss assignment, and mm-hmm. yeah, not a big deal. He's pretty sure on the show, anyways, and all of it. He had, he had a ton of experience, so yeah. I know a lot of guys that started out way before they even did like the IC, IQCS. Oh, and so they're like, "Where's this cert at?" It's like, I was never had this cert because yeah, oh, so I forgot about it's that. Just like, here you go. Here's the cert for you. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know anybody who like got lost a bunch of stuff? I, you know, I knew a few guys. It was like right before I started. Who had that happen? Where like they switched over and a few people they like honored their stuff, and then some other ones they just like. Mm. Well, but I mean, proof that you were qualified as that, even though it was you know different rules right, yeah. back then. I guess I, was, I knew a couple of smoke jumpers that were like that, like old school smoke jumpers, and like before the IQCS was like really a thing. You know, like the guy was a sea follower, and they're like, yeah, you gotta go to class. Yeah. He's like, what? Yeah. I've been cutting trees for 30 years. It doesn't matter. You go back to class. Yeah. And they didn't pass. And it's like, what happened? You didn't pass. Oh. That's a whole different, but yeah. Yeah, totally. Especially because, yeah, they changed up that, you know, like even the, you know, with, with falling, you know, cutting trees, they call it the blood bubble, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't think they called that when I first got in because I remember I was helping uh, cert some A's. Right. Uh, which is, what is it, like Polar 1 now or Polar 2? Polar 1. Uh, yeah, 1, 2s, and 3s. Yeah, I yeah. think so. so. Was it Polar 3s at the beginning? I think so. I think that, yeah. yeah. So like fall threes, which used to be fall A's, and right. I was helping out with that, and um, you know the the big term was blood bubble, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, what is that, you know? Right. Like, I, don't, I don't think I want a blood bubble, you know. <laughs> and yeah, so relearning as you go, I guess a little bit, all part of the game. Yeah, they've changed it around now. It's 
I can't remember the acronym for it now, but it's got the whole bunch of different steps you're supposed to follow. Because there's no size limit anymore. You can cut whatever you're comfortable with. Oh, really? Jeez. But no, I'll, I'll bring it to you later. We can yeah. just edit that part out, but I'll show it to you. It's yeah. in my car, but yeah. Yeah, and I'll come back and I'll be like, so anyways, yeah. <laughs> here's the new rules. Yeah, I'll just in the next one. We'll cover that. Cause yeah. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I just kind of get out. It's weird how you brained up information so fast, mm-hmm. you know? One then things change, I guess, because, like, I, uh, man, I don't even remember most of the stuff anymore. See, like you said, it used to be a diameter thing, right? Like 24. Right. So yeah, it went, it went by the size of a tree. Yeah. And now it's just DBH. Compli- yeah, DBH. Now yeah. it's just complexity. So if you're like, oh, I can cut that tree down, and it's super gnarly, and you're like, okay, you kill yourself. You're like, well, I guess you weren't. I don't know why they justified it that way, but I guess complexity oh. level makes it better for people because i think so too you know you could have a super straight right. tree that's that close to your face? super you, s- you can bring it with you super s- straight tree that's you know pretty complex but you know or bigger around with straighter you know it's easier to cut down obviously. yeah yeah you got a little more meat to work with that's yeah. you know uh, my uh yeah my buddy samps uh joe sampson was uh my like instructor i guess for st12 mm-hmm. and in especially in the field they took me and another fellow from Whitehall who, you know, we had a little bit more of our ranching and I guess like labor background, mm-hmm. you know, so he, uh, he took us out in the woods like separately because, you know, they, they got a giant class, the whole, you know, everyone who needed the course in the whole forest would, you know, came to Whitehall and mm-hmm. we all did the, the in classroom stuff and then we did our field day and, you know, the Whitehall folks would go last because, um, we were local and, you know, they could serve us on, a, on another day if need be. Right. Yeah. The other districts be kind of a pain for them to come up and or vice versa and have mm-hmm. the instructors go down there so yeah joe uh took me and and uh and another sea faller and then another you know brand new newer guy and took us out the woods and had a, a pretty good size um i can't remember if it was like lodgepole i think it's probably like a lodgepole but like a little more meat than mm-hmm. i i thought like i you know like in my brain being a new guy i was thinking like a little you know little tiny skinny pole and yeah, a little pecker pole, and you know, cut it, cut it over, and get started. And he gave me something a little bigger, and, and it was nice because like we, it's super straight, healthy tree, you mm-hmm. know, like we we could work on it, you know, like healthy is in like no rod or anything, right? You yeah. know? Um, but you know, standing dead, and so he uh, helped me out with it. Or, no, actually, it was a live tree, so which I mean, but didn't have much you know, lodge pole, didn't have much branch or anything, right? Overhead hazards, and it's kind of all by itself. So, um, yeah, it took a little more time getting through it, and. It really helped me understand uh, holding wood too. Oh yeah, and my other friend Mitch uh, Robbins, he did a, he did a really good job. Like during the class, I was like, I am not holding wood. I don't know what this is. You know, like <laughs> I, I'd run saw, I'd cut. You know, my dad's a carpenter. You know, right. cut lots of wood, but like didn't didn't compute. You know, and <laughs> and the the illustrations were not helping my brain. So uh, he took a pencil and he's like, try to pull a pencil apart. So like grab a pencil and like pull, and he's like, see, you know, you can't pull the fibers apart. That's mm-hmm. holding wood, but you can snap it. You know, and he snapped it. It's like cutting through all your holding wood. Oh, that's a good, that's like, a good analogy. Yeah. It's the only way my brain would, <laughs> would process it. Like, focus on like, oh, teach my, my caveman brain mm-hmm. you know, that way. <laughs> See, pencil, pencil intact. See, pencil break. Right. <laughs> it's like, copy. Yeah, makes sense now. Yeah. But I like that analogy. It's good. Yeah, it works out good. You know, I'm, I'm more of a, uh, you know, like a uh, visual learner. You I know? think most people, most fine. I think most people are visual learners. But yeah. You know, Especially firefighters, it's like, here's, here's how you do it, now go do it. Okay, I got to figure it out. You know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I get some hands-on training. That yeah. really sticks, at least for me. You yeah, know, me like too. All that stuff. And, you know, someone takes you under the wing, work with a helicopter, and mm-hmm. you get a little chance to actually work with it. But speaking of that, I'll loop back to you. So we left off at the uh, apprenticeship. And right. Where'd you land there? 
So I was in there. So I, my first year was on an engine, and then I went to the helicopter to Chester, California, oh. for my second year. So five oh six. Where's Chester? Uh, Northern California, Northern kind California. of a uh, Reno area, oh, or yeah. towards Reno. Yeah. And then um, my third year, I was in the hot shots, the last in hot shots. Oh really? Oh cool. No. Yeah. Not for me. No man, especially if you're like older and like you had a little. Here, let me get that closer to you. Not uh, region, but uh, yeah, the uh, yeah, if you've done like like you know, come out of the military and, yeah. and other stuff, you know, like, and that's kind of where I was too, like with the hot shots. Like I was gonna go for you know a couple seasons. I mm-hmm. I had planned out, you know, it typically takes like three seasons of hot shotting right. before you can apply to jump or at least be a, a good candidate to jump. Mm-hmm. And um, so I just throw my app at everything. I just happened to land in jumping first, so I didn't spend any time with the shot crew. Right. Most I go back, but then. Like you're, like we were just talking about the time I got, you know, like, uh, you know, my feet underneath me with the smoke jump world, like after my second season where it's like happy, enjoying it and kind mm-hmm. of more comfortable. That would have been the time to go smoke jump. And I was like, uh, I mean, it go hot shot, I mean. And I was like, well, I kind of like this. Uh, yeah, why, why am I going backwards? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I kind of like this independence and stuff. Right. And yeah, so I went that route. But um, I do kind of wish I would have got a little bit more of the crew life when I was younger. I got to do type 2 IA crews, mm-hmm. you know, Great Northern, which is like a kind of like a baby version of Hot Shots, you know, like uh, got a bunch of like entry-level firefighter, fire folks, but it runs like Hot Shot Mod, you know, like everyone's got their responsibilities and you have yeah, buggies. I think, and I think if, I think the Type 2 uh, IA crews is like a better learning experience because yeah. like when you're Hot Shot, you're like, you're going to dig 16 hours a line. You're not going to ask questions. You're just going to, you know. That's a good point. Yeah, because I was just thinking about that. Yeah, because like we, yeah, we were free to, free to ask questions, free to be f- yeah. independent. Free to thinkers, learn things. Free to learn, yeah. yeah. Cause I, the soup that was on the last one, he wasn't my soup, but he was, he's air attack now. He might have retired now. Fred Brewster. Yeah. He, he was on my, uh, helicopter manager class. Oh really? As an air attack. Cause he wanted those guys to learn. And so he had like, you had to tell your fire experience. And he's like, when I first started, it was cut line until you see God or until I tell you, until you, until I tell you to stop. Oh no. And that's like, <laughs> that is like upraising and fire. You know, yeah. and it's like, just go, you know, go until you're dead. Right. Uh. So. Man, that's funny. It's a, yeah, it used to be so much harder. And like oh, me, yeah. me and you were talking the other day about like, was it me and you talking about how they used to not have the, was it the, the rest towards oh, yeah, the rest 20, They would just do twenty one and then come back and like reset and go back out again. It's yeah. Like, yeah, man. That, oh, yeah. Real, that wind is starting to pick up. I kept hearing something. Did you? Can you hear it too? Mm, a little bit. Yeah, I can yeah. see it outside the window. Yeah, that's why I was like looking at you, like waiting to see if you saw something really weird. Oh, nothing. Yeah, the troop was saying up to sixty mile an hour winds. Oh yeah. So. I mean, it's a good thing this thing's a tube. <laughs> Not much for the wind to grab. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I, uh, yeah, Type 2A crew is a pretty good deal. So you were in Chester, did you say? Yeah, in 06. 06. Oh, oh, yeah, 06. Oh, gotcha. Dang, you've had a pretty long run then already. Yeah. 04. You started in fire in 04? Mm-hmm. Yeah, two, 2002 was my first season as a seasonal, and then 04 I got the apprenticeship, and then I was there until... 18? Yeah, that's 20 years. 18, and then I went to uh, Shasta Trinity as a prevention officer for a year, and then August of 20, I went to Missouri on, on a squatty and a helicopter. August 20? 20, 20, 2020. So oh, 2020. Been, oh. This is my third year there. Oh, it's pretty recent, yeah. Yeah. Dang. Man, you got to see some good country, especially on a helitech crew in, oh, yeah. in Cali, man. You guys probably covered some serious ground. Yeah. I've actually covered more ground now in Missouri because we have our 
season starts February like seventh. Oh geez. And goes till like the end of May, sometimes into June, and then we come west and do whatever we want basically. Kind of free to roam. Yeah, free to roam. Yeah, I th- I talked to some folks that run the Cherokee Hotshots and kind of same deal, you know, mm-hmm. like they'd have the real similar fire season, and then they were saying they're almost like working like two seasons because they yeah. have like their normal fire season out east, and then they come out here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a lot of firefighting. Yeah, I'd be burnt out. I was just gonna say, I think that'd be. It's hard because I'm thinking of like a like a a washed up firefighter brain right now. Right. <laughs> I got like a ton of hours in, but like young me, you know, especially like eighteen year old, twenty year old me, would be mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah, like, let's do that. Two thousand hours. Yeah. Two million dollars. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's like me, I'm like, yeah, I have home time and. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I like family that. time and I enjoy free time and yeah. Yeah, totally. You get home products and stuff. You know, like think about you know. Like, the fence and the garden and the mm-hmm. grass and you know dogs and family and all that stuff you oh, know? yeah yeah it'd be really hard to yeah there's nothing that would probably make me go you know fight fire on that level anymore right. yeah which is probably good though because like my, one of my one of my really good friends julian wiring was like i'm trying to get high enough and at a reasonable time so that when my body starts failing i'm more in an office situation oh my god that's a good point and i think he was a, he, i think he was a seven at the time so he was, he was on a good path yeah you know? well, that was a good path yeah i was like it's smart because you know i was already having you know not nothing real bad but i just feel a little more soft mm-hmm. you know right like sleep on the ground hurt a little bit more you know oh yeah for sure like all the little things that start kind of creeping up on you yeah like when you jump out of the engine 50 times a day you're like no you climb out of the engine because when you're 25 your knees are gonna hurt yeah <laughs> i know so that's what the like kids telling you yeah oh especially if you, have, you got if you carry anything like on the back of the engine and you gotta oh climb yeah. down you know mm-hmm. like make sure you actually climb down so like grabbing a qb and just jumping off oh yeah no, no problem yeah but yeah. wait a few years and, yeah. <laughs> and then you'll feel it oh absolutely man yeah and did you have it so how's the how's the poison poison oak on you well, i get it sometimes yeah i've only had a really bad one time we were in uh, oh, we're about to lose power. No. Ooh. Oh. We're okay. north of Chico on a fire. It sounded like hail almost. Do you see it? Hear it? Yeah. Yeah. But I can't tell with like leaves from the tree falling on it or Yeah. I guess quick quick uh announcement, public announcement for the old uh, listeners at home. Uh right now we're uh in the eye of a storm. <laughs> it's pretty gnarly. Uh, Predicted up to 60 mile an hour winds. Quite a bit of uh, precip rain coming with it. And uh, decent chance we might lose power. So we'll just keep rolling until yeah, until it's dark, I guess. I got these lights too. I can pop them on if, if we lose power. So, yeah. Anyways, so if you see us looking around, apologies. <laughs> we're just <laughs> making sure we're not going to blow away. But, yeah, so you got the poison oak only one, one time real bad, you said? Yeah, one time real bad. I was so whomping from my Sawyer. And, oh, uh, that's probably the it recipe like, for it, huh? It was like three-inch stick of poison oak, and I had it all over the place, and I went to the doctor, and he's like, what do you get for the poison oak? I'm like, you usually get the cream. You know, they usually get like here and there, and he laughed at me. And he's like, you're going to get the shot today. So I was like, okay, no problem. Yeah. And the nurse was like, this is going to hurt. You know, and so I got the shot in my shoulder. And like 30 seconds later, I'm like flush and sweaty, and I had to like lay down on the gurney, and I was fanning myself. Oh. She's like, are you okay? I'm like... Just give me a second. <laughs> it was like the worst pain ever. Oh. For like 30 seconds of like intense like 
That's um, weird. No, because no one talks about that, right? Right. Yeah, they're yeah. like, yeah, they usually say the shot hurts when yeah. you get it. Like, didn't hurt me at all. And it's like the after effect, but yeah, after like thirty seconds or a minute later, I was like, fine. It's like, know, a, it's like yeah. real internal battle with the yeah, I guess I don't the know, like, histamines, the antihistamine, yeah. and whatever else was mixing in there. But yeah, that's the only time I ever got a shot, and I really haven't gotten it too bad since then. So oh, that's good. Dang. Pretty lucky. Yeah, I never, I, to you know, my knowledge, I've never gotten it. Like I. I uh I thought I had a little bit on my back one time, like a little spot, but mm-hmm. like I think it was just like a rash from my belt because I I have like really bad dry skin. Oh and right. Yeah, like it'll get a little festered up once in a while if it Woo. Oh. That yeah. last little gust I was like, hmm. That's pine needles. Yeah, we're good to go. Yeah. yeah. That's probably what the sound is, huh? That's what I think. Yeah. Oh, I feel a little moisture. Maybe a little rain out there. Yeah, I can't tell. Oh, it's definitely raining. Some big old drops is probably the noise, eh? Um, kind of nice cooling things off a little bit. Yeah. Might have to close this hatch here in a sec. Have you, so ever since though, you never got it real bad then? No, not, not like, I really haven't been exposed too much of it to it, but yeah. that was just that one time it was really bad and then, but yeah, for the most part now. Oh, that's good, man. Could you sleep that night or like after you got the shot? Yeah, I slept pretty well, yeah. Oh, that's good. I'm getting missed. Yeah, <laughs> I'm getting missed. Like I'm getting missed. Nice. Yeah, I don't like waiting until it gets too bad. You can kind of see it floating around behind the camera. You can see it in the light there. Yeah. Uh, it's good times. It's all part of the experience here, you know? It's I like it, yeah. The outdoor experience in That's the right. airstream. Yeah. Pretty <laughs> sweet. Uh, yeah, like I said, I'm pretty lucky. I've been around some folks that got it real bad. I think I was telling you the story of uh, when I first went to Reading, and, and there was a fellow who had jumped out of every single jump base. Except for Redding. And he finally, you know, he just did never, you know, the luck of the draw and just mm-hmm. never got the, the boost there. And so he's an older fella. He'd been jumping for a little while. And um, so he was going to get his get his Redding jump, you know, his R5 jump. And uh, and when you get to the base, you try to help out with all the products because mm-hmm. they're usually a little bit behind because they've been jumping and busy. So you try to help out, like, you know, packing their parachutes, checking parachutes. Uh, we even help repair some of their cargo chutes. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, so you, you know, your hands are up on there on the um, fabric, you know, like call it silk. It's not silk anymore. But you're up on the silk, and oh man, the oil's everywhere. And uh, I found out, you know, and and he got it real bad. Mm. And I didn't think anything of it because no one told me. I didn't. I had no idea how the oil works, but it's just right. like everywhere in Northern California. Oh, yeah. and it's so fine, you don't even notice it. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened to him. And I don't think I saw him the next day. But I was kind of too busy being a rookie and keeping my head down. So right. I, was like, oh, I wonder where he went. And then you know, like. And a day later, he showed up back at the base, and he had cream on both arms. Yeah, I think he had to get the shot, too. And then, uh, lucky enough, though, he had really good quality, so he was able to go get farmed out to one of the bigger fires mm-hmm. um, in less poisoned country, it sounded like. Right. But I don't know if there's really less in northern California. Well, if you go farther away from the coast, like where I worked in the last night, we didn't have... There's a few in like the really deep drainages, but not really where we were at. So mm, more of a like a wet plant like kind of deal. Like yeah, it enjoys the moisture, higher and humidities and stuff. Yeah, yeah. like the LP on the along Santa Barbara is notorious for its poison oak. Oh really? So there's a story. It's not true at all. But the hey, don't let the truth get in the way of the story. The story behind it is like when World War II was happening, they were like afraid the German or the Japanese were going to invade. Oh. The coast, so they bioengineered 
Poison oak, so it was like super bad. It's, it's super, super poison oak. Super poison oak, yeah. yeah. But I mean, it's, it's horrible down there, but it's not like that true story. That story's not true at all. It's just oh, man. one of those urban legends that they're like, yeah, we wanted the Japanese, we didn't want the Japanese invading, so that we made super poison oak. But I mean, like, yeah, that's just bad. Yeah, it's bad, yeah. It's just normal poison oak, but yeah. It's super, po- yeah, it's super poison oak. A lot oak. of it, yeah. yeah. You hear hunting stories <laughs> of folks like in the Midwest or something, you know, like tracking an animal or where they're doing and crawling through it and not knowing it because sometimes it's dark especially your blood trailing and uh get home and may not even notice it that night but at some point it's gonna wake you up and you know like you'll be itching yeah well in the winter time around us we have poison ivy and it goes dormant so it doesn't it's not really i mean we do get it during the springtime we do get some some blooms but for the most part if you're like trudging through the woods in the wilderness time you know your likelihood of getting it is less because oh it's yeah. not all bloomy yeah probably not secreting yeah not really. secreting as much yeah that makes sense <laughs> like i was telling you the story the other day when i was in arkansas and i was slicing up a tree and something else in it so i was like checking it out and i was like bear hugging the tree literally and like mm-hmm. walking around it and like looking at something like a, i think it was like a weird mushroom or something and i was like yeah that's kind of cool and um uh, like man that boy must like poison oak is what they were telling you know one of the other jumpers and i was right. like I was like, oh, yeah, it's my favorite. And I'm like, good, because he's just been hugging it. And I was like, oh, well, we'll find out, you know. Yeah. And, yeah, nothing happened, thank God. A lot of the thing is genetics, too. Like, certain people are just predisposed to getting it. And yeah. <coughs> like, my, my old boss, he's a type 1 logs chief. <coughs> and one girl got it so bad. I don't know why they didn't take her home. Oh, but yeah. But every day she would get new clothes and new sleeping bag. Oh, Because geez. it would just be, like, everywhere. And she was like... I don't know why, like, it was weird because he had, like, blisters. I wasn't there, but she had, like, blisters all over her, and they're, like, every day she gets a new sleeping bag and a new set of clothes because she can't. I've heard of that happening, and they, yeah, they just take it away and <coughs> try yeah. to wash it with whatever that detergent yeah. is. To yeah, I use it. Dawn dish detergent. works the best for poison oak. I mean, oh. takes away all the oil. All the oils out of there, and. Works good on grease. Um, yeah. Makes sense, yeah. Whatever that formula is. Mm, yeah, I don't know, but, yeah. Oh, dang, man. What a multi-use thing! Cause don't they use it on like oil and stuff for like mm-hmm. the yeah for the wildlife? Wildlife, yeah. yeah. Man, have you ever gone on one of those assignments? Nope, unfortunately not. No, me either. Did you go on the space shuttle recovery? No, my boss did, and then one of my other bosses, one of my well, he's a we were on the helicopter together. He was a squatty. He went to Texas on the other one. Oh. And he had a. They gave him. He took a machete because they're like, you know, you might want a machete. And he's like, I guess he like whacked through a bunch of bushes, and then like two feet later, it was like more bushes so he gave that up anymore and started low crawling through everything so yeah. oh geez yeah because like the debris and stuff they're trying to cover anything that might be like sensitive yeah any piece yeah oh. and somebody was telling me they like were down there and they found this piece they thought might have been it and like so they like called the experts over and it was like an armadillo carcass oh whoa so they're like you know it's like <laughs> Dumb northerners. <laughs> yeah, you dumb people. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. That probably mean I can check out this weird thing. Yeah, like, right. I mean, you don't know. No. If, if you've never seen an armadillo before, you're like, what is this ribbed thing? You know, it could be part of the shuttle or no. Yeah, like all curled up kind of yeah. weird. You're like, huh, it's got a weird face and it's looking at me. Right. <laughs> a live it's an one. alien. <laughs> yeah. I think it was clinging on. Uh, <coughs> yeah, because that was an interesting one because like, there were so many folks when I first got on that had gone on that shuttle, yeah. you know, like recovery and telling different stories about it. So I was like, we do that? You know, I had no idea. I thought we were just being in the woods cutting things. You right. Know? So I was like, oh. Yeah, they sent mostly, they sent mostly hot shots down the, like the Katrina. And I had friends that went to Katrina for on the hot shots. And, oh, yeah. And they did mostly cutting trees or they would, you know, ship water out and stuff like that. But 
I've never been on any of that stuff. No, I mean, I, I never, never did any disaster. Like, I guess kind of locally in Whitehall. Uh, yeah, I mean, know. I've been on kind of disaster relief and like the Paradise Fire. We were there for that and kind of did some disaster relief, but not like dedicated yeah. after the fact and things. But. That's what ours, we just went and sandbagged a few houses. One of the engine foremen um, was in like the flood floodplain. So mm-hmm. for PT, we went and jogged over in our PT clothes and helped fill and stack some sandbags for him yeah. you know, for a little while. And yeah, about, about the extent, I think <coughs> my uh, alter, alternative public service, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Besides fire. Man. So um, I meant to ask you this the other day. Uh, have you had any of those like hard landings? Have you ever had auto rotate? Any of that actually? Nope, nothing. Really? Yeah. Man, you got really good luck. I'm I have had a lot of good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm torn between like wanting to fly with you and not wanting to fly with yeah. you. <laughs> you know, because like uh, I was always told the odds. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I guess I only really know one person personally that went down in a helicopter. So. Yeah, I'm trying to think of. I knew one guy who was a marine, like. Special Forces Marine. He's been in a bunch of crashes. Well, he's been in a bunch of crashes, but like, not a, this is a Marine, but he also went back as a contractor and was in a couple of crashes for that. And back overseas? Back overseas. Jeez. and Af- Back when Afghanistan was still going on. And, you know, he was in a couple of crashes and he still flies with us occasionally. So. Oh, really? <laughs> like doesn't phase him? Doesn't phase him, I guess. Uh, yeah. Been through enough, I guess. Yeah, I guess if you crash enough times, you're like, yeah, it's not going to happen again. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Jeez, yeah. Getting the bad luck out and yeah all good luck from there yeah i've heard from some folks that have come down a little harder you know like just maybe it's like friend of a friend or somebody else that like i've talked to randomly we're just saying like it just the part that sucks is how it compresses your spine so hard when you hit the oh, ground right, yeah. you know like even if you're in the crash position it's still mm-hmm. like nothing really keeping your spine from just hammering down on itself right, yeah. you know yeah that'd be brutal well, I, think it, I think it'd be worse if it like wasn't like well, i don't know how well the crash position protects you really but like if the seats weren't collapsible oh. and the skids, you know, collapse out to absorb the shock, I think it'd be a lot. True. It'd probably be like jumping off a table landing on your butt. Yeah, all that tailbone stuff. But yeah, without <laughs> the rest of that stuff. Yeah, jeez. Yeah, I didn't think about that because yeah, they're designed to pretty much turn into an egg, right? Everyone's yeah. supposed to come off of it except for the, the main. Yeah, because the, the feet spread Plum. out or the rotor or the skids, skids spread out. Yeah. And then everything else, and then seats collapse too, so yeah, that's why you don't put anything underneath the seat, you know, and yeah, you don't put your hands underneath there, you get your fingers taken off. Yeah, I think someone told me that. Yeah, because crest position is about your thigh. Yeah, right? your thighs, and then tuck yeah. your head or put your head back, depending on which way you're facing. But I don't know if that was headlights or, or lightning flash. Did you see it? Probably flash, lightning flash, lightning flash. Yeah, so I was kind of wondering. I got the bad angle here. I'm staring at the wall. <laughs> oh yeah, there's the thunder. The, you got the good skyline view. I just got mm-hmm. a wall in front of me. So let me know if it gets bad. Closing, closing's down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So Missouri. So now you're in Missouri. Mm-hmm. And the Mark Twain. And Mark Twain. Um, what's uh? We talk about this quite a bit, but what what's the future hold? Do you think? There for life. I think I'll probably finish my career there. Yeah. I've only got well, the least I have two years left. I'll probably do five for sure. Yeah. And then. But I might try and find my high three somewhere, and then that'd be a good good move. Yeah, but well, Missouri's—I don't really like where I live because I'm a hundred miles from everything. Yeah. So like, but we a lot of spent a lot of time in St. Louis, you know. So we'll probably move there because retirements—I think they'll charge like twenty-five percent of your retirement for federal. Yeah. And 
They're talking about getting rid of state um, social security tax. Oh, really? So that'd be if that's if that's the truth, that'll be perfect. Mm, yeah, if you see me moving next to you in a few years. Yeah, because St. Louis is a big city. <laughs> we we enjoy going up there, and they have all kinds of you know. I mean, if you want to see football, you just go to Kansas City, which is like five hours away. But oh, true, yeah, go watch the Chiefs play. Yeah, go watch the Chiefs play, and yeah, so- brand new soccer stadium up there. And they did really well this year, I guess. Oh, like, yeah. I know some guys that follow soccer, and the St. Louis soccer team did really well this oh. year. And yeah, MLS, huh? Yeah, I don't even know. I haven't followed the MLS in so long. Oh, neither have I. No, yeah, no idea about it. Um, oh yeah, they and Kansas City they Royals have, too, right? Yeah, Baseball, they have St. Louis, St. Louis Cardinals, Cardinals there. And yeah. Hockey, St. Louis Blues. Ho- yep. Yeah, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah, so it's... I haven't spent any time. I've driven through St. Louis a bunch, but never spent any time. I actually drove through St. Louis in the middle of winter. Hmm. I think it was in January with a uh, sailboat. Oh, nice. Yeah, towing a sailboat. The whole city was pretty shut down, and it was so cold that, like, what I could tell of the river was all frozen. Mm-hmm. I mean, there might have been, like, a little channel that wasn't, you know, like how usually, like, the river will freeze in the edges and right, yeah. to the center. And uh, from what I could see, it looked like the whole thing was frozen. It probably was. Yeah, it, was it gets pretty cold up there. It was brutal, man. And we just got back from, we were trying to sail the Bahamas, and we mm-hmm. didn't make it. So we were trying to make our way back to Montana. And mm. Four of us stuffed in an extended, extended cab Tacoma, <laughs> pulling like a 26-foot sailboat. Yeah. yeah. Like, I've never been to St. Louis before until I moved there. This, you know, And I didn't realize how big like the Mississippi or the Missouri River is. Yeah. It, it actually starts huge. here in Montana. Yeah. And goes all the way west and then all the way down. The yeah. That's part, that's part of Missouri right there, huh? Yeah. For some reason, I thought it was Mississippi. Man. I think it's, well, it ties into the Mississippi, but eventually, but it's the, it's the Missouri River right there. Jeez, yeah, I didn't know that either. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you live in, you li- yeah, you live in Missouri, Missouri River. Mm-hmm. Makes sense, I guess. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's, uh, while how cold it was like it, we kind of got lucky though because we didn't have any traffic really because no one was leaving their house right yeah but it's these dumb montana driving through it and it's nasty like i think it was post blizzard maybe because i mean we weren't really in it but it was gnarly like st louis was all right and we we're driving slow and mm-hmm. then after that i mean i don't even know pretty much the whole way back home it was pretty gnarly yeah parts of wyoming they shut down when the they might even shut down part of i don't know if they shut down parts of Montana, but I know parts of Wyoming get shut down. Yeah, like and eastern Montana will get shut down. Sometimes they have yeah. the little barricades to go over. Right. Yeah, we're, me and the family, you know, the wife and kiddo were stuck in, um, what is it, Rapid City last year because mm. they shut down a chunk of that. And then we got stuck. I guess before that even, we got stuck in Sheridan, I want to say. I'm trying to remember the events, how it went. But yeah, I know we like had part of it in Sheridan. Wyoming was shut down, so we made Sheridan, but then... Anything heading east was shut down, and we made it past. And then by the time we got to Rapid City, it was shut down for a couple of days. So we were in a hotel for a couple of days in mm. Rapid City. Yeah. Oh, nice little town, though, man. Good food. So it wasn't so bad. Yeah. I think that helps out a lot if it was a big city to to do things in. Yeah, nice folks. You know, like everyone was super nice. And they, uh, you could even, because it gets cold there all the time in mm-hmm. South Dakota. So they, uh, you can check out. Uh, an extension cord. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, they don't charge you anything. You just <laughs> got to bring it back. And then, right. you know, if you keep it, then they charge you. Yeah. You know? That's kind of cool. Yeah, super handy. Uh, like, wife went in to check in, check in to the room. Mm-hmm. And we're just, like, waiting in the car. It's, it's so cold. So we didn't even want to turn it off, you know. And uh, she comes out with an extension cord. I'm like, what happens? <laughs> like, complimentary extension cord? She's like, kind of. Uh, pretty handy. So we just plugged it in. And, uh, man, that makes such a difference. You know, oh, plug yeah. it in your rig in the winter in mm-hmm. cold weather. And it, get heat faster the engine starts way nicer like yeah i mean 
Yeah, we better. plug we plug our tender in in the winter time. Oh yeah, even in Missouri, hey. In the Missouri. Yeah, how cold do you guys get? I mean, you guys. Well, last year we had like a week of like negative thirty with Ooh. wind chill and everything. It was so cold, like we had to put our when she asked Dad to go outside, we put her boots on real fast, which she hated, and then we should go outside and use the facilities and then come back back in. It was like you couldn't go anywhere for like a week. Oh, that's brutal, man. It was miserable. But now we're having 120 degree real feel. And it's it's real feel. Yeah, 120. 120 with mm. humidity and heat index, and which is always extreme UV index. So. Oh, really? Yeah, you're outside for like five minutes and you're burnt to a crisp. Well, you'd be darkened. You'd be. Darker yeah. than you are now, but yeah. Just back to my, my yeah. normal color. <laughs> yeah, back to your normal color. Yeah. Especially like in high school when I, you know, didn't have a job and well, like a, a steady job, you right. know, like just flipping burgers or if I was helping somebody out with construction, like my dad or my mm-hmm. uncle or somebody or, you know, one of my buddy's ranches, I'd, you know, I wouldn't have a shirt on to be in shorts anyway, so it'd be pretty dark by the end of summer, right. you know. But now I'm like an office guy, so yeah, I'm getting pasty. <laughs> my, my white side's coming through. <laughs> I, th- I thought I heard like one of those Amber Alerts. Was that you? I don't know. Shouldn't be. No. No? Yeah, no. no not me either. Just the sound of all the, the weather m- moving mm-hmm. in, I guess. Kind of cool, though. Uh, last hot day for a while was today, though. Yeah, it's supposed to be like 65 tomorrow. Yeah, but we'll see what happens. Wild change, yeah. Fair tomorrow. Big Fair tomorrow. happening. Oh. Man, so you're liking your stay so far? I mean, you've had seen a lot of wildlife just out of your I window. Have. Yeah, I have a badger that came to visit me one time. Baby badger came to visit me one time, and that's so cool. Got some chuckers, I guess. But everyone's like, "You need to feed them, or they're gonna die. They're stupid." Oh, the chucker? Yeah, I guess. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. We I mean, should be all right, right? I mean, they've been living here for a while now. Yeah, I'm thinking somebody has been feeding them because the first day they came on my window and picked on the window. It's like, hey, the sliding glass window, and like, hey, come feed us. But oh. I hear them every once in a while in the morning, but I haven't seen them since. So. Uh, either a leaf or something just walk by. I mean, yeah. So maybe you're attracting all the animals. <laughs> some moving moving in on us. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And some deer, of course. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, pretty pretty good time to be out here. You know, uh, getting some some weather and then in the changes and yeah. and the fair and stuff. So interesting stuff going on. Yep. And then you gotta find yourself a jujitsu gym. So that's, that's right. Pretty handy. So I want to get in that too. Uh, when. Have you always, uh, I mean, like, when did you physical fitness become part of your life? Has it always been? Just like it's a always been, yeah. I've always been sports since, like, whatever you can start in soccer. Yeah. I was in soccer during the summer. Oh, really? Yeah, I think we talked about this, right? Swimming, and then in high school, I did cross country swimming and soccer. Oh, wow. And then so, yes. in the military, I PT'd all the time. But yeah, I've always. S- super fit? Been, not super fit, but I've always been fit. And high school, I mean, like, you're doing all three of those sports. Yeah. You know? That uh, those are all running, highly highly involved running sports. Yeah, it's a lot of running, yes. Uh, so when you, were you in really good shape when then when you went in the military? Like yeah, I was good in shape. Yeah. Basic basic probably wasn't too bad for no, you. No, it's kind of easy in the in the arm or the, uh, the navy anyway. It's eight weeks and oh, so most people lose abilities in there. I mean, some people gain ability because they've never done like serious things before. But yeah, most people who are in shape struggle to stay in shape when they're in eight weeks in the middle and then yeah i talked to a fellow who gained weight during it yeah you know like but i i think you kind of have that in everything like so some people's bodies work a little different you know i, I lost a ton of weight during rookie training and i talked to another guy who lost or who gained a bunch of weight during rookie mm-hmm. training you know it's funny how like different people can operate like i didn't you know i don't, I don't drink right now just because like it just messes my guts and right i don't i just don't like mess with it. i don't i'm like 
feeling half hungover on like brain fog, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's just nothing enjoyable, enjoyable about it for me anymore. Like I still kind of figure like one day, you know, maybe just enjoying some wine, me and the wife be on the porch or something, you know, like or with a steak or something. But right now, I just no desire for it. Right. But one of my friends, he'd have beer every night. I was like, dude, I couldn't even imagine. Like, no. I was already super dehydrated every day. Cause oh yeah. It's really hot. And I guess it was, his started a little earlier, so maybe it was a little cooler, so he wasn't quite as bad. But I almost washed the first day because I was so dehydrated. Mm-hmm. And I was wrecked. Like I was all clawed up like a little T-Rex walking around. <laughs> <laughs> I, could, yeah. I could barely get my PT shoes on for the last PT of the day, and that's when I knew I was like, this is a real bad deal. Yeah. So I started hammering water and some electrolytes and didn't didn't really make it through the last PT. I kind of did. And then, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and then I just didn't really sleep for the next week because I was so, so behind the curve that I just spent all night just drinking. Oh, yeah. yeah. PT light and Yeah. And then it's coming out as fast as it's going in at that point, too, you know, but just trying to get all the salt storage right. storage back in my body back up. And, and of course, the first week's one of the hardest. <laughs> so yeah. I was reading an interesting article a couple of days ago about, like, dehydration, and everyone's, like, just pounds water. And it's like, well, you got to drink water, obviously. But, like, you get hypernatrina if you drink too much water, yeah. which is, throws your electrolyte balance off. But they're saying, like, juice, like orange juice and apple juice actually hydrate you better. Because there's more sugar in there. Yeah. And there's other things in your body doesn't like just process like water, you know, so. Yeah, totally. Like, um, you know, like those goo packs and stuff like that yeah. that people take when they're doing those ultra runs. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, like, you could probably make it, but your body will not be performing very well. Right. If you're just drinking water on, on some high output thing like that or some yeah. kind of hard training. Have you, have you ever done any, like, uh, hard training like that since? Because I know you were talking about, like, some of the, like, Jocko workouts and stuff. No, I do I do go rec events. So oh, they're, rec, uh, yeah team building events led by special forces actually i'm doing two next weekend actually oh really in uh billings oh billings? no way bozeman i think we're in, Bo- we're in bozeman oh cool there's two of them in bozeman so yeah they're the one on friday is like the 9 11 uh memorial oh. and then this one on saturday is called the horse soldiers oh really and they're the first green berets in afghanistan after after 9 11 oh yeah there's, there's isn't there a movie about them yeah there's called it's called 12 strong oh 12 strong oh, there's wow. also a there's also a book, oh. based, but the movie's actually better because the book tries to like get you involved, like you're actually there. Oh, and so the book is. I think it has Chris Hensworth and Michael Pena in it. Oh, really? So it's high, I highly recommend to watch it. The yeah. movie is good, but not reading the book. You can read the book too, but, but not as. It's weird because right because most most like movies uh, after books people are like ah eh, it's okay but the right. book's way better yeah but this is the opposite huh. Well, the book I like. I enjoy the book because it tries to like bring you into the action, mm-hmm. but the movie is, I guess, more fast-paced, so it's more like entertaining. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I can see that. You know, some of the downtime in books and stuff, yeah. kind of sl- slow moments, but the actual, you know, how it actually went down. Right. Yeah. But there was one funny part about the book is like they're working with the with the nationals, and they have radios. The the uh, the locals are talking to the Taliban. And there's one lady, she's a she's a pilot in, like, the C-130 or whatever the gunship is. I can't remember what it is. And yeah. he's, like, calling the Taliban laughing because they're just getting annihilated by the... The Taliban are getting annihilated by the by the C-130 gunship. Yeah. You know, and the guys on the radio, the locals on the radio, like, laughing at him. Hey, you're getting your ass kicked by a woman and all that stuff. And it's oh, like, yeah. So it was pretty funny. Dig the knife in a little deeper yeah, that way. Yeah. But that's part of... I don't think that's part of the movie. It's part of the book for sure, but... Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, so... I'm surprised they wouldn't include that too, because that seems like kind of a powerful part, you know. Yeah, like, they might have, I can't, but I just can't remember. Yeah. Well, for everyone listening, you have to check it out. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to check it out too, because I thought 
Yeah, I don't know how I missed that one because you know usually I like to check that out because part history, you right? Know, yeah. So you know, like wh- where you come from is kind of an important deal, you know. Yeah, it's a book and the movie are the same name, Twelve Strong. So it's oh, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah, not like reading um, some of the you know um, like special ops, spec ops, special ops, mm-hmm. spec ops or special spec ops, ops, right? Yeah. yeah. Make sure make saying that right. Uh, reading a few of those books before I went to rookie training really helps because it helps kind of with the mindset, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um. I'd never gone through like training like that before, so uh, I was reading these books, and it more started because I was on the uh, Great Northern, and we were going out on it, you know this time of year, or maybe it was September. It's probably September. Days are getting shorter, mm-hmm. like fire's not as active, so during the day you're getting a little more downtime, you know. So bring, especially traveling a buggy, like a lot more time to oh yeah hang out, you know, in the <laughs> back. So I'd, um, I think it was uh, No Easy Day. Is uh, mm. I just picked up a Walmart on our way out. Like mm-hmm. I just was like, man, I think I need a book. And uh, that was a really good read because he had, he had some really good tips. I think in that one, and it's just a common phrase, but I'm pretty sure you mentioned that one about like how to eat an elephant. You heard right. that before? I think I've, is that the, is that the Osama bin Laden one or is that the one where the the guy loses his eye? Oh, uh, bin Laden. Yeah, oh, bin Laden. Bin yeah. Laden read, yeah. I read about half of it, and I was like, yeah, I'm kind of bored, and I skipped to the end of it. Oh, did you really? Yeah. The same thing with the movie. I mean, it was it Zero Dark Thirty or whatever? Yeah, like same, same thing. Same thing. I, like, watched half of it. I was like, this is boring. I took a nap, actually, halfway through because I was tired, and the movie's kind of boring. And then, oh, really? in my opinion, I mean, people yeah. probably love it. Yeah, everyone's but, got their own taste, though. You know, then yeah. I watched, then I just skipped to the end when they do the, like, the, uh, a bo- the bin Laden assault. Oh, yeah. And all you see is darkness and like pen lights oh really and they because you can't i mean because they did it in dark and they like it's not like the old movies when it's like dark but it's like green lit dark you <laughs> yeah, know like green back lit or when, gray kind of yeah gray yeah, when you're like you can still things like classic john wayne movies you know where like in the green beret they're like at night it's like dark but still gray so you can like see what's going on but this is like totally pitch black and like oh really they actually ain't doing anything i mean maybe they did but i don't what do they call them, night vision nods? Yeah, nods, night vision devices or whatever they are, but yeah. Yeah, like well, you figure they'd make it look like you were at least, you know, like the right, audience Right, you would think so, but well, yeah, yeah, they just had total black and they had like pen lights slashing around, so. Oh, maybe they're trying to, maybe they're trying to uh, not give something away, you know what I'm saying? Maybe, or, yeah, I don't know. Uh, scare more people. Uh, strange, yeah. strange take. Because like, yeah, all the movies I'm used to, especially like, like I said, even from like black and white, you're just a little bit darker, mm-hmm. you know? Right, yeah. But it wasn't uh, completely black. Unless you watch like, uh, what the heck was that movie? Um, Blair Witch Project or oh right yeah, yeah. The movies are supposed to be like super dark like yeah. that. Yeah, the, the other like, Cloverfield is mm. like that one. I've never seen that one yet. But oh, I want to I want to watch it. Similar to similar Blair Witch where you know it's like a uh, home video camera mm-hmm. you know and running around. Yeah, that one's that was a little spooky. Yeah, yeah. Movies. I think it's funny because I think in the fire community too, like movies kind of bond us all too because oh of yeah, some sure, of the yeah. downtime you right, know yeah. so watching training videos and stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like I was somewhere and uh, I think I don't know if this was in Alaska but like you know the stories just blend together but we were smoked in couldn't go anywhere mm-hmm. couldn't fly in couldn't fly out and so we are watching training videos you know and uh, it was, was it Red Dawn is that the one when the Russians invade oh yeah <laughs> yeah so we watched Red Dawn uh, you know, for trainings, mm-hmm. they, were, they were jumping parachutes, jumping grounds. Oh well, yeah. And then I think that same year I found out that they actually used some smoke jumpers from Missoula. Oh, did they? As the actors, yeah. Mm-hmm. So like the background folks that mm-hmm. are well, just all the Russians that are that are coming in. I right. Think, actual like Missoula, I mean, some were actual Missoula smoke jumpers. Mm. Yeah, it was wild. Like one of the guys who was in the film, it was, I was packing around, and he's like, 
I used to jump one of these, and I was like, oh, yeah, and you just started talking to me about it. And nice. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I was in uh, Red Dawn. I was like, what? <laughs> the original from the 80s? Probably not the 80s, but I'm probably the remake, huh? No, in the 80s. Yeah, oh, old, the 80s older fella, yeah. So, yeah, it was the, the OG one. Nice. Came that was better. That was way better than the, the remake was. That's what I heard. I never saw the remake. I just saw the original. Yeah. Wolverines. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty good show, the old Red Dawn. Mm-hmm. I don't even. It's a, the new one's got like a Hemsworth or something in it, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, it takes part of the parts of the move, the original, and like I don't know. It's the modern twist. It's like South. Is it North? I think North Korea is the. Oh yeah, the bad the, guys. The Russians, yeah. Instead of the, like the world doesn't fall apart. They just invade. Cause like the first one, the world falls apart, and you know, and it's Russians and Cubans and kinda like a multinational. Oh, I don't even remember that from the first one. I just, I just, yeah. yeah. I remember being like Russians, I, I thought, but I didn't realize it was a, a whole campaign. Like, Yeah, it might have been all the Russians, but I can't remember. But yeah. yeah. Well, something to, something to watch, something yeah. to follow up on. So then, um, I guess back to your athletic stuff. So fitness, and you know, like uh, to me, I think it's important to have like a lifelong fitness mm-hmm. uh, routine. I mean, you talk about the sponge, but like, yeah. Um, yeah, like sometimes at a certain age, it seems like, I had some friends kind of fall off after high school, you know, or people I knew that like just kind of got busy and, you know, just whatever happened and fell off the fitness wagon and didn't have any plans to really go back to it. And, um, you know, it's just life stuff happens, I guess. But it's for me, it's always been super important to be oh, yeah, physically sure. active. So um, what made you stay on the path? I just I really enjoy it, really. Yeah. I don't think there's any like like motivation. To, I mean, obviously, when you're in fire, you want to keep up with the 20 year olds and. Yeah. You know, be able to beat them up the hill or outpack them or whatever. But it's like, I just, really something I just really enjoy and have stuck with. You know, and I follow like Stu Smith. He's a SEAL and he uh, does programs for people who want to be in fire or law enforcement or whatever for free out of, Mo- out of uh, Maryland. Oh, really? And it's, so it's called Heroes of Tomorrow. It's what the free program he's got. But he's got a whole bunch of books. So you just go to the website, stusmith.com and. Oh, cool. Heroes of Tomorrow, you said? Yeah, Heroes of Tomorrow. And oh. But I I use the 40 and over group. Yeah. He's got a specific s- series of books for four. Oh, that's the book you are showing me and yesterday. Then, yeah, that's yeah. the books I use. And he does what's called periodization, is what he calls it. And so, yeah. like, each four months, I guess, it's like a different, like, so you start out, like, we'll say you start out in January. You're, like, lifting weights. And then as spring comes along, you start doing more cardio less lifting weights and then summer is like mostly cardio a little bit of weights and then you transition as the winter times comes back in back into lifting weights and that's a pretty good deal especially because uh for most folks who you know live in winter areas you know the cardio is a little bit harder to get to get right. to you know like you can't just go and run or hike or yeah bike outside i mean you can do a little bit of that in tread and indoors but treadmill i mean some people got you know, the fortitude to stand a treadmill <laughs> for miles, but <laughs> oh man, I have a hard uh, time. Yeah, I'm like 10 minutes, I'm done. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. Like, if I, yeah, if I stretch after 10 minutes, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, usually I gotta have like a mile goal set before I get on, and then it's not as bad, but mm-hmm. yeah, even then, I mean, in my joints, uh, like my hips and, and even, even my back, I'm trying to think, like, I get a little more sore, you know, like from the treadmill. Like, I don't right. really like the, the way that like, my body reacts with it because like, you're bringing the belt to you instead of mm-hmm. like your foot, you know, meeting the ground kind of deal. So I think if you put it like, what is it, like a half of half an incline, I think that's like the same as like running on the asphalt. Oh, gotcha. Or pretty close to it, you know. Yeah. 
a little bit of a hill action on it. Cause yeah. Because yeah, they have those ergonomic ones that are almost like a U, aren't they? Right, yeah. Yeah. And I think some of those are like self-propelled, so it's kind of yeah. however, however fast you're, you're running. Right. And I think also the thing I like about Stu Smith is because he considers everybody like tactical athletes. You know, so you have to be good at everything, but not great at anyone. Like a sports person who's like a like a football player, you know, you play linebacker, you're, that's your job, you know, you yeah. just want to be excellent at the linebacker position, whereas, you know, for us, or 99% of people in the world who aren't that way, you want to be able to good, do good at, like, everything, you know, like, natural disasters comes, you want to be able to, like, take your kid out the door, you know, or climb out the window if you have to, or whatever, so you want to be, you know, those skills. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, that, that makes a lot of sense, man, and, like, not just, like, one direction you know like I, I know a lot of folks you know friends of mine um who long distance runners and they you know they run a lot and that's their physical activity which is like you said really good but um you're not working any lateral movement you're not doing any sprinting or any of the, the power lifting things that i think are important in age and like you said for more like the functional if uh if you need to you know like you said power clean your kid on your on your shoulder or whatever right. you know and like climb up whatever to, over a giant fence or whatever yep. like you said if a flood or whatever might be coming yeah yeah use your body we got another fire huh so we got another fire no i had an email cody he's asking about fair tickets oh gotcha yeah, getting all lined out yeah probably county fair i'd do an announcement on the podcast but this one's coming out after the fair i'll be over so yeah <laughs> yeah so anyone listening hope you enjoyed the fair yeah we will yeah it'll be good man yeah i won't be there tomorrow but the next few days um yeah, I think the like being part of a team, like a group like Go Rock and and uh, you know like the um, fellow you mentioned, um, like I was name you just mentioned it with the forty plus workout. Oh, Stu Smith, yeah. S- Stu Smith, yeah. I think that's uh, I think it's important, man. Like, and especially if someone putting some like like you were telling me about Arnold, right? Mm-hmm. He does like a positive. Yeah, the Arnold Pump Club. He does it every day. He sends out positive messages and has a workout. Usually, like workouts on Monday, and then like. He'll have a challenge. He'll tell you something, and then, like, Friday is, like, a challenge for you to do for the, over the weekend. You oh, know, really? Like, you know, he's, like, too many neg- too much negativity on the on the Internet, so we're going to build our little... He calls it his positive corner of the Internet. Yeah. I think he's got, like, 50,000 followers or something like that. His, he calls it his village, but it's yeah. still, like... You know, like more like a city. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Metropolis, but he calls it his village. And yeah. So, yeah, it's worth checking out, too. And, I'm, you know, he's got recipes that he sends out all the time. And oh, really? Yeah, so that's really cool. I think it's important, man. Like, it, you can never like overdo the positivity. And oh yeah, heck yeah, because people are so negative nowadays, and yeah, negativity is contagious. And it really is, man. So. I, I yeah, I remember. Um, I, I don't know if it was some someone told me this, but I remember thinking even like in sports, you know, like it's uh, like you said, it's, it's contagious, like a virus, man. Yeah. Like one person starts like moping around, or even like on a fire assignment, you mm-hmm. know, like. Yeah, it could suck, but like if one person gets a sour attitude, it just ruins the whole bunch. You're oh like, yeah, man. You know, like yeah, we all know it sucks. Yeah, <laughs> you know? we're but all in it together. Yeah. We're in a, we're in a suckiness together. Yeah, exactly. Embracing the suck as a group. And the uh, yeah, the thing about that's kind of funny though, is because like as as a wildland firefighter, you just kind of embrace it, and especially like the longer you go in it, mm-hmm. it's like well, it's what I signed up for. So right. People just end up getting more funny with with uh, yeah. the the suck, <laughs> you know. Just hear some random stuff getting thrown, oh, yeah. you know, thrown around in conversation that like you, out of people you wouldn't expect it too. Right? Yeah. You know, like sometimes the most quiet person on the crew all of a sudden starts saying some wild stuff, and you're like, wait a minute, I didn't know I was inside you, <laughs> you know. 
person was all shy the whole time. Who are you again? Yeah, exactly. What did you do with that rich person? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then <laughs> things calm down. You back to normal. And they're they're back to normal too. You're like, yeah, a little crazy for a minute there. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, it definitely makes it entertaining. It's super fun that oh, way. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, the variety of getting fires is pretty awesome. But yeah, the importance, man. Like you said, of working out. I, and I kind of notice it too. Like I'm playing hockey now, and because um, for me, I. I wasn't sprinting anymore. It's so hard for me to like make myself go to the track and, mm-hmm. and do sprints because it's just not fun. Well, you, yeah, you know, like it. I used to be pretty fast, you know. I was in college track. I wasn't winning any any you know events, but like I was uh, still competing and going through the workouts. So mm-hmm. I used to sprint a lot, and I used to really enjoy you know like being quick like that. And uh, and I was a long jumper, so uh, doing those more explosive workouts, training mm-hmm. for that was what I really enjoyed. So. I don't have a reason to do that anymore. So right. playing hockey and, and doing stuff like you were talking about, like the Stu Smith workouts where mm-hmm. he's, um, you know, playing around the different, different exercises to keep your body guessing. I think that's super important, man. Yeah. So people don't think about that. Like y- your body can, is really, really good at adapting. So, Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. If you just throw one thing at it all the time, like, yeah, I probably get pretty good at it and you probably plateau pretty hard too, mm-hmm. you know, and, throw something different in your body to get over that plateau too yeah and, it's a, and you also have to find something you enjoy like if you don't want to work out like if you don't want to lift weights you know go with your friends and you know go for a walk together you yeah know. hiking hiking throw throw weight on your back you know it cuts you know it's less impact on your body but i say you know works more muscles than just walking like by yourself you know or yeah and like flat ground or flat ground and like you know get people to get who want to go for a bike ride or whatever yeah. you know it's like Talking to, talking to one of the guys this year, and he's like, he lived in this apartment complex, and everybody around him are like Pelotons. Oh. And they're like, so they all open their garages and look at each other, and like, let's race on a Peloton. It's like, why don't you get a real bike and go outside and bicycle to go together? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, doesn't make any sense. But it's like, make eye contact yeah. to each other. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely way better to be out in nature, you know, and get right. the fresh air and the views. I mean, even here, like, uh, I think it's Huberman talking about how important it is for your. Um, your receptors in your eyes yeah. for getting that different light and then distance, right? Like if you're staring at the wall or a screen when you're on the bike, just like mm-hmm. you, you're not f- working those receptors and those muscles in your eyes. So you like in your you know, ocular nerve, I guess, you know, yeah. um, versus like he said, it's really healthy to be like someone up front and then out at a distance. And especially if you're out yeah. for a run or bike ride, you're doing that all the time, you know, like looking for hazards around you, looking for stuff out in front mm-hmm. and, and then just looking at the scene around you. And then the yeah. group activity, like you said, is super important. Yeah, because that's what part of, like, that's why people die, because they're, like, isolated, you know, and then they don't they get all depressed, they don't have friends, and it's like, go meet somebody, or, you yeah. know, you just, like, ride your bike to coffee, you know, and then yeah. talk to people who are at coffee, and, yeah, you know. Groups are so important, man, oh, social. Yeah, because yeah, I noticed it with my grandma a little bit, too. Um, she was, you know, my grandpa passed away um, years before, and then, I don't only get to see her usually in the winter, like in the summer I don't want to see her at all. And mm-hmm. she get a little more company, but in those dark days of the winter she wouldn't get a whole lot of uh visitors. So whenever we'd show up, um, you could tell she was like she get she'd be repeating stories a lot and like just not quite you know, a little off, you know. Right, yeah. And uh and she was aging, you know, she's in her eighties, but um but all it took was like, you know, maybe twenty four hours of us being there and she's back to her normal self. So it's yeah, just a like social interaction does a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean people are social animals. I mean, even if you're like an extreme introvert where you don't want to deal with people, you still have to deal you know you're still gonna deal with people and yeah. you just choose how much we want to deal with them and you know, if it's like once a month you go 
have coffee or talk to one on the phone or whatever. But yeah. Yeah, because if we ever solo creatures, one, the human race probably wouldn't be here. Yeah, right. You know? So, and like, two, you, yeah, you wouldn't really get anything done. You couldn't procreate by yourself, yeah. you know? So it's like, we're tribal folks that survived <laughs> so we can count right. on one another, you know? And so we're used to working in teams and being around each other. That's why it feels so good to be a part of a team and, yeah, and to do something to work out together. Yeah, it's important. Like, the Go Rock, man, that's that's really important. Yeah, and they have a subscription you can do every month. It's like, it's 25 bucks a month. They have like, Call it at work at work out at home. You just get your buddies together, and they usually they use a lot of sandbag stuff. Oh yeah, and so you can go to their website and buy all their stuff. But you know, and so part of it is like, you know, you get together and you do like a quarter mile ruck, and you come back and do a bunch of push ups, sit ups. You know, yeah. and like Jocko's been big into burpees. You know, he does. He when is. He, when he, yeah, when he does uh, his travel, when he does his travel, his his gym is super nice when he's at home. But he does a lot of traveling for his job. Yeah, and they'll. He's a four thirty in the morning guy. I don't have that. I don't have the discipline to get up at four thirty in the morning. That's a hard one. But uh, he probably got. He's a a less sleeper than most people need, you know. But that's the way his body is. But I know. And, he's and he's he'll an do four thirty in the morning workouts, and he posts them every day on Instagram. And yeah, you know. But he's like they have their they call it the muster. You know, you pay to like learn from those guys and every morning they're up there doing burpees out in the parking lot and push up sit ups and he was like that yeah, takes like 45 minutes and get a good workout in so. yeah you get a killer workout burpees uh, yeah burpees are great full body only problem burpees are a little hard on my shoulder because I, I don't do them right it's me for sure because i right. kind of throw myself at the ground so they doing like more of a squat to your hands you know yeah and if i did them right and they're better for you if you do them right too but usually i'm trying to crank them out fast and yeah yeah be a little more explosive and then i hurt my shoulder well one thing you can do is burpees is you can like do the what they call it the gentler burpee oh. so you basically squat down and you instead of like kicking your feet out you like step them back oh yeah and then you do your push-up and then you step them back under your squat position and you stand up and instead of jumping up you just go like go on your heels or your toes oh so you like yeah so, so you're not jumping up but you're still like doing explosive but you're like just going up on your toes and rocking forward and rocking forward yeah. on your toes and the, that's one and then Sounds pretty good, man. So when you get tired of doing explosive burpees and you still have want to do more burpees or whatever, you can do the. Or you, or you get soft like me, and or you get yeah. soft. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not camera what called it, but the yeah, like yeah. the gentle burpee is what I. We'll call it the gentle burpee. Yeah, burpee. gentle burpee. Yeah, yeah. I gotta, I gotta try those more. Cause yeah, because you're just stepping out. Like I'll show you when we go outside and how to do it. It's pretty easy, but yeah, you're like stepping out and instead of like yeah. kicking your feet out and you're still squatting down and still doing. Burpees, but you're just doing it smarter. Yeah, definitely smarter and not harder. Yeah, yeah. We do those stations, you know, where you run to a spot, mm-hmm. you know, do air squats or burpees, and run another spot and lunges and whatever you know that each right, spot like, has. Yeah, like big circuit. Yeah. yeah, and uh, you know, it was like a race. So I'd, that's part of why I got really bad form with with burpees. Cause I'd oh, try right, to yeah. crank through them and then sprint to the next station, and so I could you know try to be. Pays yeah. to be a winner. Yeah, trying to be first and longer breaks. That was more it. I don't really care about being first so much, but he's got a longer break, you know, if you're right, first. Yeah. So I was like, all right. I mean, being first is kind of more of a benefit, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, or at least being in the, in the first couple, you know. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, it's super important, especially like you said when we age. So if, with something like Go Ruck, you know, like, I mean, they probably have an age limit on, so you could probably do that mm. for a long time. Yeah, I think for, like, the class, I think you have to be, like, 15 or 16 in order to, like, 
participate in one of their events, but you can, and they do have kid. They do have kids. Oh, pro, the pro. It's called a tribe. It's called tribes and training. It's tribes and training, and they have a kids version of that too. That sounds pretty. Especially the whole family involved in fitness. You know. Oh like, yeah, uh, and you just do. They call it like garage workouts. So you just get your buddies and you know, or your neighbors or whoever, and you just come together. And it's like usually like a half hour worth of working out. And yeah, it's like a. Saying I'm mess up was like a family that works out together, stays together, or something yeah, it's like that. Yeah, it's like know? a very social. They call it like they call it building your tribe, you know, and you just get people together and you know, like yeah, um, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And and I have a healthier crew in general because, like you said, like a natural disaster and your whole family's right. in great shape. You get the dogs and the cats and whoever out of the mm -hmm. house, and the hamster. That's right. No problem, you know. Yeah. Grab the goldfish and go. That's right. <laughs> um, have you ever done hot yoga? Or any, like, yoga I classes? I have done yoga before. But, like, the hot kind, though. I know people who love hot yoga, but... 90 mm, minutes of... Yeah. Of love. I'm, like, a five-minute yoga person. Oh, man. I Five minutes is better than no minutes. But, oh, yes. Uh, yeah, that 90-minute yoga, like, I... I don't, man, I love it. If one, You know, I'm trying to get my schedule sorted out, but, like, mm -hmm. my free time could be yoga, but right now it's hockey. And, uh, you know, so I'm using that as, as my free time, you know? like Yeah. And then and this, of course. So maybe like if this thing starts taking off and and I can do this full time, mm -hmm. then I'm definitely gonna get involved in like some early mor morning yoga. But the problem is too, there's not like I think there's one place in town that has like hot yoga once or twice a week early mornings, mm -hmm. and most of it's in the evenings. And it's either like just getting off work or during work, so it's hard to hard to make that. You know? Oh yeah, for sure. So one of these. One of these days, you know, I'll get in the hot yoga routine. But I, man, the benefits of hot yoga for me, because I'm just always super tight and I, I'm really bad at making myself stretch. Mm -hmm. Oh, dude, I'm telling you, what yeah. is it? Have you? So, have you ever done the hot yoga? No, no. Oh, right. I've done yoga a couple times. Like, I was working at the gym and I was done, and I was waiting for Liz to finish her class. I went to a yoga class and. Oh really? Yeah, but I've been working. There's this program I found on 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 YouTube. It's like Cassandra's 30-day yoga challenge or whatever. Oh, yeah. So I did today. I did yesterday and today. Oh, good. I've restarted like 10 times already. But yeah. Well. That's, that's so you do like. At least you're not quitting. That's right. You do like 10 minutes of yoga, and then she has like a, a challenge afterwards. Yeah. So like the first one was choose. So like a one-word challenge. So you like choose, and then what does that mean to you? And oh. Well. And like I think yesterday, I think today was like dream. You know, what is your dream, you know. I think that's really good too, man. That's beneficial because, yeah. like, if someone's not like bringing it up, like, if you, and especially you're like a routine person who does like the same thing kind of day in and day out, yeah. you might not be pausing and be like, yeah, what, what do I want to do right. with myself? You know, like, what choices am I making? Yeah, you know, making good choices or am I just going through the motions? You know, right. come home, eat your chicken salad, and <laughs> go to sleep, and you know, yeah. have your bagel or whatever, and you like get in that routine, and it's easy to do because it's oh, comfortable, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. So that's really important. And that's that's what I was doing during COVID was getting a lot of YouTube yoga stuff going. And probably should just get back to that because I, I got the sauna at my house and stuff. So Oh, nice. Yeah. Do you sauna much? No. no. Too hot. Oh, man. Well, one of the guys I work out with in jiu-jitsu, he's, he's trying to get stronger for jiu-jitsu. I'm just trying to get stronger, like, in general. Yeah. And he's been he – goes, he goes to one of the gyms here, and he does the workout in the morning – then he does the sauna and the cold bath, I think, and oh. does that like two or three times. 
No, that's really good. To me, I would just have a heart attack, I think. <laughs> yeah, well, Going yeah. from super hot to super cold, I think that would probably be the end of send my system into shock. I would just be dead. He's in the mic. But, uh, no, yeah. He swears, but he really loves it. And I know a lot of Norwegian uh, countries do the hot, do the, like, the hot sauna and then jump in the cold ocean. But Yeah, my, my great-grandpa's side, um, he, one of the first things he built, because he's from... He's Norwegian. It's from somewhere over there, I think. Yeah. I think he's Norwegian as well. And, um, like I think he's like his parents were off the boat, maybe. I'm yeah. not sure. He's pretty c- close because he could speak Norwegian. Hmm. And uh, one of the first things he built on his property was a sauna. Mm-hmm. It was right on the Missouri River, so you do the cold plunge in the Missouri and then come back in the sauna. And, yeah. Uh, man, the Missouri, especially in the winter, would be cold. We knock an ice off the off the oh, edge yeah. to get in, and yeah, super cool. He loved it, man. He'd be laughing as we we're going in when we were kids. <laughs> but I think it's yeah, I think it's important when I'm older, like especially. If I think about it, you know, I make myself do it. A lot of times, like, when I'm brain fogged up, I, you know, I try to, like, work through it. Mm-hmm. But one of the best things i found is, like, cold plunge. You know, I got a, a horse trough and got a bunch of these big, you know, just, like, gallon jugs that, that I stick in the freezer. And then right. throw them in the, in the horse trough. And my well's pretty deep, so the water out of the well is pretty, pretty mm-hmm. cold, too. And mm-hmm. I know, like, the health benefits, I think they're only, like, mostly, like, Rogan and Huberman say that you only need, like, three three minutes yeah but i usually go for like 15 mm. and uh really really enjoy it i like that longer cold plunge i feel like i get a little more out of it right especially for my joints and stuff so like last winter i'd be you know anyone who's been following me for a while has probably seen some of my videos where i'll be in my trough mm-hmm. and usually like cold out already so like um so the trough is super cold and i put a bunch of salt in it mm. so like uh, so it doesn't freeze yeah, doesn't right. freeze, yeah. so uh I was just kicking it, and you know, I'd be very like dead calm out. You know, mm-hmm. no wind because it's, you know, it's cold, still night. You know, you'll take a little video, and I'll show the ice kind of floating around <laughs> by my feet. You know, <laughs> like, but it's it's peaceful to me, man. I mean, the first like two minutes is pretty rough, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, just like kind of fight through that and maybe distract myself sometimes. But then, pretty good until like the last you know few minutes. Sometimes even like at 15 minutes, um, I'll be all right. And um, if I go a little further, then I start getting irritable. You know, it starts getting like un- really uncomfortable. Right. Yeah, you know, like right away though, it's it's not too. Or right away, it's not bad. But then, yeah, I mean, it's bad. But then, like the majority of the time, it's not bad. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, some yeah. people are do well. I mean, like you see all these people who are training for special forces or whatever. Just yeah, the new thing is a cold plunge. So everyone's like, those get like fifty-five gallon drums and fill it with ice and. Yeah. Hop in there with their bikini on first thing in the morning. It's like, meh. Yeah. yeah, I don't do the bikini, but yeah, well, <laughs> I could see you in a bikini. But yeah, I mean, if I had one, I guess not. Yeah. Try it. I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't bother with the top, but right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just the bottom. But you know, you see people climbing in the cold plunge, and like they're selling them online now. You like, yeah, like you these can plug them in, and I can go to like, I don't know, I don't know how cold they go, fifty some odd degrees or yeah. colder, but yeah, I'm trying to think. We have forty degrees or something. Somewhere, yeah, I think, something. Yeah. Yeah, and they got like it's like little mi- little mini pools. Yeah, little mini pool. Yeah, yeah, because they circulate the water, keeps it cold, and it's insulated, and then has a filtration system like a pool, right, like which a is pool, yeah. really nice. And yeah, I wonder. I mean, probably built so that they don't freeze up ever on either. Probably, keep yeah. The, keep the water mo- moving and stuff, which would be kind of cool, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Live in Montana, we got more cold months than we do warm months. Yeah, you so don't need to worry about a insulated. No, yeah, except for it's. You know, it's real hot in the summer, but even though it was like kind of 
far and few in between. You yeah. The evenings get pretty cold out here, or cool down pretty good, even the heat of summer, so. Yeah, what we have a couple of days, like, 100, like 105, I think, or 105, 102 for a couple of days. And yeah. And even then, it still gets down to, like, 60 at night. Yeah. So, pretty good, pretty good drop in heat, which is super nice. Yeah. Man. Yeah, physical fitness, man, it's super important for mental health. Oh, and yeah. I think that cold plunge really folds in that, too. So maybe you, you got to get on board, my friend. I probably, maybe I should try it sometime. Yeah. You going to maybe do it this, this winter? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, it's funny because we were in, uh, where were we? We were in Minnesota, and they just, were in Duluth, or outside Duluth, and yeah. they just, um, the ice just finished melting off the, off the lake that we were at. Oof. Our pilot and... Well, there's two pilots up there, and they would do the cold plunge in the morning. And oh yeah, I was only for there for a couple of days, and I had to go back, but I didn't do it. But you didn't do it. No. Were they trying to talk you into it? No, they just said we're going. And one of the guys that I work with, he's a uh, he loves the cold plunge too, and he would go run for his PT and then go jump in the lake. And oh, nice. Yeah, that's a pretty good deal. I know, like yeah. some of the cold jumpers do the same thing. They go for a run and jump in the lake, do a few laps, and then run back to the jump base. Yeah. Like by the time you get the jump base, you're pretty dry, I think, right? You know, and, and you take a shower anyways, usually yeah. after PT. So that was always super nice. So yeah, I really like that about the jump bases too. Is most of them have like showers and in, in mm-hmm. a gym and stuff. Yeah, you most of them are super nice. Yeah, go and get a really good workout in and be able to shower off and wake you up too. You know, for the oh, day, yeah. go and check in on what's going on. Mm-hmm. Oh, checking out on me already? No, it's <laughs> run my eyeball. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, it's a little tough with the headphones and glasses. Yeah. Can you see me if you don't have them on? Mm-hmm. Oh, gotcha. What are you using for? For reading and driving and I have astigmatism. So oh, gotcha. I turned 40 and now you have to wear them all the time. Oh, really? Is that what I got to look forward to in a few years? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, great. I start quitting on you and the rest of your body starts wanting to quit on you. Yeah. That's why you, you got to work out. That's why you got to keep working out. You can't save your eyeballs, but you can save your body. True. Carrots and fish oil. Yeah. To help eggs. Eggs. Yeah. You ever see that diet where uh, it, it, the basis is eat foods that look, you know, for whatever organ that looks like that organ? You know, like mm. um, the, so like a example, like eggs kind of looks like an eyeball. Mm-hmm. Like, and then a uh, carrot, if you cut it, looks like an eyeball. And then lion's mane um, kind of looks like neuroreceptors or like a brain sometimes. Mm. You know, like when it grows. Yeah, because you got like. You get two different kinds of line main. One's got like more of the tentacles that looks more like neurons. Mm-hmm. And then the other one's uh more looks like a brain. That's what lion's mane is supposed to be healthy for your brain. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So might be something to that. Might be. Yeah, it's like one of my early on nutrition things that kind of stuck with me as a kid. Mm-hmm. One of my teachers, I think, was super into it. As a kid, you don't really care. You're just like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. Right, but yeah. For some reason, it stuck with me. I don't know why. But yeah, healthy eating. Do you eat healthy then? Do I what? Are you healthy? You got a pretty good diet? I try and eat it pretty healthy, yeah. Probably not so easy when you're here, but at home? No, actually, it's easy. Well, Liz, my wife, Liz, she's a freaking excellent cook. She doesn't like that she hates cooking, oh, yeah. but she loves, She does a really good job of putting things together. Oh, I'm jealous. I like cooking, but I'm not a very good cook. <laughs> so, so I follow a lot of recipes, like verbatim. Same. And I made something. What did I make? Lemon chicken a couple of days ago. And it just needed something. Oh, really? I'm not sure what it needed. Maybe more garlic. I'm not sure. but That's my problem. I, I'll get something and I'll be like missing something and I right. can't figure it out. And Liz will look at him. She's like, I'm going to add this. And it'll be yeah. up to the roof. And you're like, Oh, my brother-in-law's amazing at that. He should have been a chef. I mean, yeah. he'll like, he could just smell something and be like, a little bit of this. And like you said, same deal. It's like right. 
night and day from what I my yeah. bland, my bland cooking. Uh, I've gotten better though. I mean, you know. Yeah, same. I got a few things to do and a few go tos. Yeah, but yeah, this uh, Cowboy Kent Rollins, Rollins, Cowboy Kent Rollins. Mm-hmm. Have you ever watched him on YouTube? Mm-hmm. He's got a cookbook and stuff. I think he even has his own seasonings now. The guy's amazing. He had this awesome uh, turkey recipe for mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, and you build the brine, you boil it, you have a bunch of like herbs and lemon, mm-hmm. and salt, you know, salt and pepper probably, and then uh, you boil it all up, let it cool down uh, to like room temperature below. And then you stick the bird in it. I think you brine the bird in it for like a day, you know, like 24 hours. Mm. Maybe it's only like 10. Maybe it's just overnight. I can't remember how long I did it. But then you smoke. Then I threw it in the smoker mm-hmm. and whatever temperature you recommended. But it was like one of the best turkeys I ever had. Hmm. Yeah, I was like, man, I'm doing this again. <laughs> he was yeah. super cool because I, t- I took a picture of it, like the process, mm-hmm. and like posted him, tagged him in it. And, and he wrote back, you know, and him and his, w- him and his wife, I think, or, or his wife. And, Wrote back like hey, it's awesome, you know. Nice. S- yeah, show the show the end results and nice. Yeah, it turned out really good. Yeah, I know Liz watches Stephen Reichlin. He's like the barbecue oh, yeah. god. What is uh? What is his uh? Smoke Bar- something. Barbecue like. University and smoke something or other. Yeah, cause he's got like on PBS. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? Man, it's like barbecue U and. I'm trying to get the smoke when I was watching his. Project Smoke or something. Love like Project Smoke. Yeah, she learned she learned a lot from him, and then a lot of YouTube channels. And yeah, he's great. He's really knowledgeable. Like oh yeah, super yeah. smart guy. And yeah, and he's he's not just one dimensional. He doesn't have like one thing. He like right. uses so many different other grill type things yeah. and smoker type things. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And I think that really helps too. If you can if you can do if you can cook pretty good, like I can I can do a few things pretty good. Mm-hmm. So like my. Uh, standard for like going out to eat is uh, higher now. Right. You know, like I almost turned a little bit of a snob because like if I if I go to a restaurant, and I can't get something that's better than I can cook. I don't right. really want to go. You know. Yeah. But which is also a good thing because mm-hmm. then you know like save a little money by cooking for yourself and oh yeah for you know, sure maybe a little healthier too. Like I, I haven't eaten fast food in like twenty years maybe. Oh nice. Like, it's been a really long time. I mean, start because of my Crohn's mm-hmm. and then like even when I was in remission for a while like. I, me and the wife were like in a pinch driving somewhere, and I think we got like Wendy's or something. It's just like, it tasted awful because I haven't right. had it in so long, you know? Yeah. So I was like, man, this is terrible. I couldn't even finish it, you know? Like, and I was, and I was starving. Right. But yeah, it's just like that. You know, you start eating the real foods, mm-hmm. you know, and it start to have more of that craving. You know, like training, tra- training your palate, like, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. Because I mean, all through high school, I worked at AW. I ate a ton of AW, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> and uh, so. Because I trained it that way, you know, and then right. after, you know, after I couldn't eat that stuff anymore, then um, going back to it, it was like, oof, it tastes awful. Uh, I think that's a big part of, like, longevity, too, is, is eating healthy oh, as yeah. well. And clarity, man. Like, all this stuff, I think, really leads to having just a better mindset, cl- clearer mm-hmm. brain, you know, like clearer thoughts, and, and making decisions going forward for your life, I think, are a lot yeah. easier, too, you know, because you're, you're just making better decisions all around, you know, and it's Kind of like you were talking about being contagious attitudes and all that, like, lifestyle stuff's contagious, too. Yeah, they always say you don't want to feed a, what is it, a Ferrari, give it, like, crappy gas. Yeah. Yeah, that was, like, yeah, I heard that a long time ago, and I remember yeah, thinking about that, that too. Yeah, I think that was, like, the, the one statement most people made back in the day. It was, like... Yeah, like the late 90s. Yeah, yeah late 90s. Because yeah. I remember, like, yeah, because that was around the time when everyone was, like, my body's a temple. Right, yeah. My body's a temple, that was, the, that was the thing. I don't want to feed my body... Yeah, I'm putting garbage in my yeah. temple. Right. But yeah, it, was, yeah, it, it kind of resonated with me because especially I was like right around the time I was uh, an at well, was for sure an athlete, whether I was like in college yet or not. But like 
It's like, ah, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, and that helped me kind of get away from all the, you know, fast food, you know, yeah. kind of stuff that just weighs you down, you know, like the, because, you know, I mean, you know, it, like you put clean fuel in, like you're definitely getting better output. You oh, know? yeah. I mean, it's different when you're younger. You can eat whatever the heck you want and just, you know. Yeah, one of my best friends. Outwork your diet, but nowadays when you're older, you can't really outwork your diet as well. So you know, eat healthier. Me and my buddy talk about all the time. We had a, you know, in most sports you have like your different days. Like we'd have Mm -hmm. like a a day that was more for like sprinting, and then we'd like more of our like cardio type of day where like even though we're sprinters, we do a little more long distance or mid distance kind of training, so that you kind of so you're not gassing at the end of a 200 meter dash. You know, you still got a lot in the tank to Mm -hmm. go, and you know, like we'd. And all of us on the uh, all the sprinters were backups for the relay, for the long relay. So like you, you had to train for the four hundred, whether you wanted to or not. And I was not a four hundred guy. My gait was super short, so like I would just gas out so hard during the four hundred. But we had to train for it. And mm-hmm. uh, I remember we had one of those like grueling cardio practices, a lot of mid distance, and like so. Uh, I mean, long distance is almost e- is easier for me because I can just kind of like lock right, in get, gear and yeah, and get go. your pace and go right. Yeah. And, but like that mid distance, it's you know it's still a sprint, but it's mm-hmm. a long sprint, and we had repeats, you know, like we're in like four hundred repeats and three yeah. repeats, and um, I think the shortest distance was a two hundred, and they were timed, you know, we were mm-hmm. trying to get them under a different time, and I remember like I was really hungry, but I was not gonna eat, and one of my best friends, Deshaun, comes in with uh, was hot and ready little Caesar's pizzas, right? Eats the whole thing like right before we're about to roll out, like everyone's already changed out, ready to go, mm-hmm. and he's just sitting like in our little hallway outside of the coach's office getting ready to go and warming up a little bit and uh just chilling on the bench eating his pizza i'm like that's coming back <laughs> and uh and i think he's like nope sure enough man like he kept it down and felt fine and, and killed it he, mm-hmm. yeah, he crushed that workout <laughs> i was like dude i want to puke for you but like we were even joking around i pretty recently about that he's like nah, yeah then never would happen again now yeah. <laughs> you know like you said getting older and uh, like, I think it's long distance runner. And my little brother talks about all the time. Like when you're working out there, you, your body turns into like a furnace, mm-hmm. especially as you're younger, you know, your, your body's growing all these things. So yeah. Your digestion tract, like your gut is like a furnace. Right. So just throw it in. And yeah, I used to be, when it. I was swimming, I used to be able to eat a lot and even right before like swimming. And then like we play soccer, you know, like at halftime, I'd have a peanut butter and banana sandwich. Yeah. To make it through the second half. And yeah, same. Cause like, yeah, like I could feel my blood sugar dipping. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah, that, yeah, that's a, a bad deal, you know. I was actually gonna talk to you about that with soccer, man. Like, uh, getting kind of late here, so I don't wanna, I don't wanna keep you too much longer. But do you have stuff going on? Tonight? Am I keeping you anything right just now? Just two. But oh, what time? Oh, it starts at seven. Not a big deal. Oh, shoot, man, I'll try to. I'll try play. To plenty of time. It's a five-minute drive. It's five-minute drive. Okay. Oh, <laughs> and they're usually not done until like seven fifteen anyway. So oh yeah, I don't wanna keep the, you, man. The kids. Yeah, it's so important to get new jitsu in. But uh, did you play soccer all through high school then? I did. Oh, so you're probably playing pretty high in soccer then. In, it was in Cali, right? Yeah. I was, I was never a great soccer player. I'd never, I never dedicated my life to being like one sport. Yeah. And I think that's really what you need. <laughs> if you want to be like really good at something, yeah. you have to like dedicate your your existence to that sport. Like I played, what do they call it? AYSO. So it's like, it's not club soccer. It's like anybody can join and oh. play that soccer yeah, you know, too, like, yeah, but like say like club soccer, which is like competitive. You don't make the cut, you're you're done. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, I don't want to. I was pretty good at soccer when I was growing up, but I didn't want to like risk it because in case you don't make it. And you're 
Yeah, then you're out. You sit the sum, the summer out, and you're like, oh, I'll just stay with AYSO. Oh, yeah, I don't blame you, man. Yeah, because I, I played, like, clubs. Like, uh, it was called travel, but I think it's, like, the same thing. We yeah. try out. And luckily, there was an in-house, too, which is mm-hmm. just, like, at that area, you right. know, in, in Lindenhurst, where you could um, play, like, a, like, Saturdays was the in-house league, and mm-hmm. it was for, like, kids maybe weren't, like you said, taking it serious, or, you know, kids that just didn't quite have the skill level at that point in their age, because, you know, people mature at different ages, too. Right, yeah. Um, I was the same way as you, man. Like I, I, all through high school and stuff, like I, I couldn't commit to soccer. I couldn't commit to track. Like mm-hmm. I, I was flip flopping. And when I got to college, I know folks who were like committed there. Oh their yeah, when I was in college, it was like you're doing this sport or nothing, or you know, you go, you're one sport you're really sticking to. And yeah, so I picked swimming. And oh, nice. That's all. Yeah, I didn't know you swam in college. How'd that go? It went pretty good. I was in, I was middle of the road. I only did two two years of college, and then. Military. Went out of the military, but yeah. I was not a very good student. I was doing other things, and yeah. but it was weird when I got out of the navy. I was like, I was a pretty much a straight A student, and then I mean, I had a few bumps here and there in the road, but for the most part, I was like, for some reason, like just really clicked with me when I was older. And yeah, mine was after track. I I started like getting pretty good grades and yeah. made the dean's list, and then I went back to PT school and made the dean's list again. Mm-hmm. And like I said, like was I just knew the work that it would take for the harder classes instead of just being like put in the same amount of work for all the classes. Right. Yeah. Like I, I knew I'd like physics, you know, I, I know I'm not very good at math. So I like had a hammer in, mm-hmm. um, listen to David Goggins talk actually really helped me. Cause he was talking about in like buds. I think he was talking about, he couldn't really remember any of the scuba manual things. Mm-hmm. So he had a, to get a notebook and write all, every word down, like, you know, to get right. it locked in. And he was talking about, like, he's like, well, I know, that I am not a good student, so that's what I'm gonna hammer down on. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, that's smart, man. Like identifying your weaknesses and then going oh, yeah. at them, and for sure. So I had to do the same thing, and that really helped when I went back to cool, to college because mm-hmm. I got a you know an a in human anatomy, which is like super hard to do. You know, it's everyone right. knows like there's just so much information mm-hmm. retaining it. And the tests are not exactly set up to help you. You know, like one of those tests where it's like. This answer is right, but this answer is more right. Right, yeah. You know? And, oh. <laughs> That's how EMT class is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I took like, EMT as well. Oh, craziness. Dude. Yeah, it is. Well, I'm going to let you go, but, man, we got okay. we got some soccer talent around here. Maybe we have to get, to get a little. Yeah, for sure. I know they play uh, Ultimate Frisbee on Tuesday nights. Yeah. yeah like 6 to 7.30 or something. But Yeah, with Elijah and Doug. Yeah. Man, now I got you. I got to get Sheila and a few others. We'll have the whole Ultimate Frisbee team on this uh, sucker. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that'd be great. Well, shoot, man, I really appreciate you, appreciate yeah. you, yeah, appreciate you being on the sucker. And, uh, Thanks you, for having me. Yeah, and you uh, yeah, go uh, choke some folks out. And I'll try. Strangle some folks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be good, man. Well, thanks, anybody, for tuning in. I appreciate the support, and uh, everyone have a good evening.